daily. Anti Friday, yeah. It's the way it is, but hey. Jackbox was cool, huh? What? So much fun. Oh my god, the fact we actually put up a weekly? Wow. Huh? Yeah, because we were at Ravencock. So, okay, I think I told you last week it's not the full show, but we've got a majority of the episodes, let me say. Thank you, Dr. Sarkoffi Guy. Good times. God, I can't believe this thing interview. Anyway. Oh, yeah, and Carol Katz talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So, so much stuff. There's she so loves stuff. to go to the movies. Right. We're the fine folks from GeekRadioDaily.com, welcoming you to May 8th, National Have a Coke Day. Oh, I don't think that I would mind that. I thought it was anything ending wide. The folks bringing it to you today, the lady that can cut you down if you're not careful, that is the Flintstress. Sometimes your shallowness is so thorough, it's almost like death. Almost. <laughs> me. I'm the wonderful Billy Flynn. Why don't you psych the soldiers down there? Pawns to their leaders. Blinded by loyalty. Which means I'm going to work today. What happened? 1790, acting on a motion made by Bishop Charles Maurice de Talleyrand Perigord. That's a great name. The French National Assembly decides to create a simple decimal system of measurement units. The earliest meter unit chosen was to be the length of a pendulum with a half period of a second. That makes sense. 1840, the first U.S. photographic patent is issued to Alexander S. Walcott of New York City. His method of taking a likeness by means of concave reflector and plate so prepared that luminous or other rays will act thereon. Made photographs 1.75 by 2.5 inches. Mm. 1886, Coca-Cola is first sold to the public at the Soda oh. Fountain in Jacob's Pharmacy in Atlanta, Georgia. It was invented by the pharmacist John Steth Pemberton, who mixed it in a 30-gallon brass kettle hung over a backyard fire. Until 1905, the drink, marketed as a brain and nerve tonic, will contain extracts of cocaine as well as the caffeine-rich cola nut. Just because on your list of time travel things... An original Coca-Cola. Right. Just once. 1914, the Paramount Picture Company is incorporated as a distribution company in New York by William Wadsworth Hodkinson. Never forget there are 22 stars in the logo. 1931, John Logie Baird transmits pictures of available light street scenes using a mirror drum scanner mounted in a van. Soon after, Baird forms a new company, Baird Television Limited, as well as developing the television imaging and broadcasting technology. The company will also produce kits from which to build receivers. 1947, the United States House Un-American Activities Committee, HUAC, chaired by John Parnell Thomas, convenes in Hollywood to investigate communism in the film industry. 1963, the classic monster movie, The Evil of Frankenstein, starring Peter Cushing, is released in UK theaters. Almost didn't recognize that title. 1976, the roller coaster, The New Revolution, the first steel coaster with a vertical loop, opens at Six Flags Magic Mountain. 1984, Infocom releases Sorcerer Release 6 for IBM-compatible personal computers, an interactive fantasy fiction computer game written by Steve Meritsky. 1990, Lewis Galoop Toys, maker of Micro Machines, introduces the Game Genie cartridge thing. It's a game enhancer that provides cheats that makes NES games easier to play and buy you Billy actually possible to beat. <laughs> 1994, the New York Times announces it'll join eight other newspaper publishers in the New Century Network, a national internet network that'll publish their entire paper's content online every day. The event marks the beginning of the shift away from hard copy to web publication for U.S. newspapers. 1998, Paramount Pictures releases the science fiction film Deep Impact, starring Elijah Wood, Morgan Freeman, and Robert Duvall. 2006, at a press conference in Los Angeles, before the Electronics Entertainment Expo, known as E3, Sony announces that the PlayStation 3 will feature a motion-sensing Bluetooth wireless controller, Wi-Fi wireless, and HDMI video output. Wow, 2006? 
same day, the case of Apple Corps versus Apple Computer, filed by Apple Corps against Apple Inc. That's why the V's there. In September 2003, in the UK ends in a victory for Apple Computer in the lawsuit. Apple Corps, founded by the Beatles, to promote, manage, and distribute their music and merchandise, alleged the introduction of the iTunes Music to an iPod of violations of an earlier agreement between the two companies that prohibited Apple Computer from distributing music. Mm. Imagine if they had won, everything would be totally right? different. Hey, then the Zoom would have took off. Oh, still no. Researchers <laughs> at St. Andrews University announced that they have determined, same day, same year, that dolphins are able to recognize themselves and other members of the same species as individuals with separate identities, using whistles in much the same way as humans use names. And then they said, so long, so long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> 2009, Paramount Pictures released the science fiction movie Star Trek, directed by J.J. Abrams, starring Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carl Urban, and Chris Pine. Mm -hmm. Birthdays? <laughs> you said Chris Pine twice. I did. Elise Gabel, or Gable, is 40. That's Recaro on Game of Thrones. Scorpion, the smartest show on TV. Chuck Huber is 52. Dr. Frankenstein from Soul Eater, Android 17, and Pilaf from Dragon Ball Z. Mm. David Keith is 68 from Delta House, Firestarter, Heartbreak Hotel, and the 20... And the 2003 Daredevil. Loved him in The Thing. 1890, no, no longer with us, point of state in 1899, Arthur Q. Bryan created the Elmer Fudd voice. That wascally wabbit. 1913, Bob Clampett, American animator, director, and producer, was also involved in Looney Tunes and Beanie and Cecil. 1920, Sal Bast, American graphic designer and director, worked with Hitchcock, claimed to have done the shower scene all by himself, and directed the killer ant movie Phase 4. Born in 1926, Don Rickles, American comedian and actor. 1940, Peter Benchley, the author of Jaws, Creature, The Beast, One Out of Three Ain't Bad. Hmm. Uh, born in 1954, Stephen First. Found Flounder in Animal House and Delta House, St. Elsewhere, and Babylon 5. None of those are on TV. No, definitely not. But on CBS, we get into the neighborhood. Bob Hart's Abishola, new NCIS, and NCIS Hawaii. ABC games one and two of Jeopardy! Masters! Will and Faith work with Omerwad in a series of cases connected to Will's childhood. Will locates a secret message from a missing APD agent discovers that answers he hopes for have been staring at him the whole time of on the course. season finale of Will Trent based on a book. Huh. NBC has the playoffs part two on a new The Voice and a new That's My Jam. Fox, the team responds after wedding proposals interrupted with a bank robbery. Where were you getting married? Athena helps a traumatized victim with her grief. An unexpected visitor at Buck's doorstep forces Maddie to take matters to her own hands. A new 911 and a new... Fantasy Island. Everybody gets married at the bank. On the CW, we get a new All-American and a rerun of The Flash. I did say I wanted to make a deposit. Freeform's got Spider-Man 3, so get your emo Toby Maguire. Right. AMC has Shawshank Redemption. Bravo, a request from Gary makes Daisy spiral as she deals with high-maintenance gas. Captain Glenn worries after guest gets hurt on the water toys. Huh? Chief Alicia Copes. Oh, chef, I should say. With the changing mealtime since a few guests are at the hospital. You know, water toys, new below deck sailing out. Wow. On FX, I love it when a plan comes together, we get the A-team. The, the, Not the, the right one. The, the toys just mess with me, I'm sorry. FXX, The Simpsons, but mostly Family Guy Marathon. FXM has Maze Runner, The Death Cure. The Sci-Fi Channel has Death Wish. No, wait, it's the Bruce Willis one. Oh, so, oh okay. Uh, TBS, better on paper on A New American Dad. TNT, the 2023 NBA Playoffs. Sure, True TV is showing horrible bosses. Science with an expedition on a marathon, but we're watching the Lifetime Movie Network. A group of girls create fake social media profiles to see if their boyfriends will remain loyal if a pretty girl flirts with them. But when the girl whose persona they use shows up at their school, they realize they've made a mistake. Oh, no. Lost in Grace and the Kendall Cato star in Do You Trust Your Boyfriend? The wonderful Billy Flynn looks at what Chad and Abby are up to now. If you know what TV show they're on this week, you could win yourself a prize. 
It's your further adventures of Chad and Abby update. When driving through a small town, Chad is pulled over for a minor traffic violation, and the cop sees Abby, who is actually wanted for murder. So he tries to arrest her, but she's able to slip away. Chad thinks they should take off to the Windy City, or, you know, maybe hide out in Donna Pass. He is driven to keep Abby safe. Hashtag Chabby. Forever. Looks like you've got mail waiting. Well, yes. Yes, we do. No attempt at a funny in this message, just entering the contest with Brain Dead. Dun, dun, dun. That's from Caroline. Yes, last week, Chad and Abby were on a show called Brain Dead that sounds really interesting, and I'll have to dig up, especially since it was like, what, 12 episodes. But yeah, creatures inside of Congress's brain. Yeah, okay, wow. That, sounds about right. You know, <laughs> it'll explain a lot of things, but would you like to share your thoughts and feelings on things? By all means, drop us a note to podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Or, of course, you can send a voicemail or text message to these magic numbers here. 510-GRT-CROW. Oh, did I remember to tell you that you should always include your name on a text? Because sometimes we have to text you back if you don't. A Whovian and a Nuvian walk into a TARDIS. And explore every episode of the classic Doctor Who series. Join me, podcaster John S. Drew. And me, writer-editor Jim Beard, as we take apart each story starting from the very beginning in 1963. And join us on our Facebook page and Twitter, where we continue the discussion with you with historical artifacts from British papers of the time. The Doctor's Beard Podcast, released every Saturday around tea time on your favorite podcasting app. And we'll see you in time and space. Hello, this is Dr. Sarkovagai here. <gasps> Geek Radio Daily. Uh, I do it daily. It's like sort of like, uh, you know, what I, uh, like an ablution where I do my, uh, well, I do my hair. I'm bald, of course. I do my teeth. Uh, I gargle and uh, Geek Radio Daily. That's what I do everything daily. I even floss with this show. I, I don't know that dentists recommend that, but hey, if it works, thank you. As long as you floss. <laughs> you were so much fun, dude. You were so incredibly fun. I didn't move any of this. What folks go and see this weekend, yo? This week's 10. Last week's 10. Sisu made $1.8 million. It's made 5.5 in the two weeks it's been out. This week's 9. Last week's 9. I see a theme. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, 1.2. 14.7 in three weeks. This week's 8 is last week's 7. Aww. Air made another $1.4 million. It's made 50.25 in five weeks. This week's 7. Last week's 6. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Which we finally saw. I finally saw. Starring Chris Pine. Made $1.5 million, 90.9 in six weeks. That's a good movie. This week's six. Last week's four. John Wick. Chapter four. Made another $2.36 million. It's made $180 million in seven weeks. This week's five is new. Love. Again. Made $2.4 million. This week's four. Last week's three. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Made $3.38 million. It's made $12.65 in two weeks. I could, look. I want to see that, okay? Right. Big Judy Bloom fan. So e- this week's three, last week's two, Evil Dead. It's made another 5.7. It's made 54 in three weeks. This week's two, last week's one, the Super Mario Brothers movie made another 18.6 million. It's made 518.13, just domestic US, in five weeks. And the number one movie in America is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which made $114 million. I've heard it's like sadder and darker, but That's still, I definitely cannot wait to see it. Not quite Adam Warlock. I'm not wearing any pants. Film at 11. Geek, Geek News! Geek News! Taking a look at the world from a geeky point of view. 
A new report suggests that some of Hollywood's major studios are taking a page from the playbook of The Little Mermaid Sea Witch by seeking ownership of actors' voices. Uh, but then H. John Benjamin would never be able to talk again. That's, that's true. The actors' union known as SAG-AFTRA claims that its members have reported contracts which would give studios the right to use the signatory's voice to craft new performances in the future. A Netflix contract is referenced that would allow the company to simulate an actor's voice by all technologies and processes now known or hereafter developed throughout the universe and in perpetuity. Wow. You can't use their likeness, but you want their voices? Get Crispin Glover on this stat. Do it, brother. The ownership rights of performers' voices will likely be a topic at the SAG after upcoming negotiation with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, Amped on the June 7th. Over the terms of the new contract and terms of the new agreement, if it's not settled by June 30th, SAG-AFTRA may move to strike following in the footsteps of the Writers Guild strike, which has been going since May 2nd after negotiations with AMPT fell through. One of the issues facing the WGA also involves the idea of AI software reducing the number of jobs available to its members. Have you read some of the AI scripts? No one should be encouraging this. The WGA's ongoing strike is already having a significant impact on the film and television industries. TV side, you've been impacted for Stranger Things, Yellow Jackets, Cobra Kai, and many others. Uh, one of the movie projects is Marvel Studios' Blade movie, which, you know, stalled rewrites have caused Marvel to delay production for the second time. Deadpool 3 is facing problems because of the strike. Ryan Reynolds isn't even allowed to improv a line. And he really needs that. You think Ryan Reynolds got this far on superior acting method? At least somewhat. <laughs> Wizard of the Coast dropped new information about the upcoming Commander Doctor Who set, highlighting a new Magic the Gathering mechanic that allows for two commanders on the battlefield from one player at the same time. So it starts off all wibbledy wobbledy. <laughs> Throughout the history of the television show, a doctor always travels with a companion. The new MTG mechanic, Doctor's Companion, lets players have two commanders in their deck if one is a doctor. But what if they're... Both doctors. Wibbledy wobbledy. <laughs> doctors will each have their own saga contained in the Doctor Who Commander decks, totaling 15. Well, there are 13 doctors, along with the War Doctor and the Fugitive Doctor. The sagas tell a story from one of the Doctor Who episodes that features that particular doctor. Well, what about Rowan Atkinson's doctor? Richard E. Grant's doctor? Joanna Lumley's. Mm. Well, the MTG Commander decks will also contain new basic lands featuring the TARDIS on each of the five lands. Each Doctor Who precon will contain 50 new cards and 50 magic reprints. And all of the art is new, similar to the Warhammer 40,000 precom Commander decks. Players can test out new Doctor Who magic mechanic when the Commander precon set releases on October 13th. The company has not confirmed they're bringing back the weakness card or that if they do, it'll be labeled Adric. Oh. <sighs> Too soon? Maybe. Fortnite and Star Wars have again teamed up and are providing fans with a fun event with three weeks of combat. And special There's dances. been Fortnite X Star Wars collabs in the past, but this time around they've been much more in-depth. It'll include a Star Wars-themed mini-battle pass with tons of free rewards. Oh, is Jar Jar a Sith Lord or not? Don't waste my time. Someone please make this happen. The event will be live until May 23rd at 9 a.m. Eastern. And during this time, gamers will be able to enjoy several unique Star Wars gameplay features while playing Fortnite. Gamers can now use the Force in Fortnite. They'll be able to take advantage the of the Force Knight. Yeah. During combat and use powerful abilities against their enemies in-game. That should make building things easier. Truth. Force abilities will allow players to sprint faster, double jump, pull or push away enemies, even lift and throw objects. During previous Star Wars events, whenever a player picked up a lightsaber, it can only be used as a melee weapon. But now, different force abilities are connected to specific lightsabers. There are three different lightsabers in the game. Gamers must find them in order to acquire force powers. Wait, the midichlorians are in the lightsaber? 
Not long into a match, a lightsaber marker will appear on the player's map, and if they reach it, they'll be able to speak with a hologram of one of three notorious Star Wars characters. They can ask to start Jedi training, which will then you know, result in them being pulled into a rift for a few seconds to be taught a new ability and given a lightsaber. Into a game? Are the holograms an angel? The spawn location of the Star Wars rifts are random, but the marker will be the same color as the lightsaber the player will encounter inside. Each ability is bound to its lightsaber, and you can use it just as soon as you equip it. So enjoy your Force powers, but please don't Force choke the bus driver. Oh, Well, hmm. researchers at the University of Helsinki have demonstrated that certain strains of the Tisulfovibrio bacteria are the likely cause of Parkinson's disease in most cases. The study enables the screening of the carriers of the Tisulfovibrio strains and the removal of the bacteria from the gut. Disulfobrio? Isn't that a tenacious D song? Our findings are significant as the cause of Parkinson's disease has gone unknown, despite attempts to identify it throughout the last two centuries. The findings indicate that specific strains of the Disulfobrio bacteria are likely to cause Parkinson's disease. The disease is primarily caused by environmental factors, that is, environmental exposure to the disulfovibrio bacterial strains that cause Parkinson's disease. Only a small share, or roughly 10% of Parkinson's disease, is caused by individual genes, says Professor Per Saris from the University of Helsinki. Awesome. So knock this out and move on to cancer. Right. The principal finding of the group's recently published study was that these strains in patients with Parkinson's disease cause aggregation of the alpha-synuclein protein on a statistically significant level in a model organism for Parkinson's disease. The worm Canorhabditis elegans was used as the model organism. Those worms have such sights to show you. Right. The study also found that the DSO Ovibrio strain isolated from healthy individuals do not cause the alpha synuclein aggregation in the same degree. In contrast, the aggregates caused by that strain in patients with Parkinson's were also larger. So our findings make it possible to screen for the carriers of these harmful bacteria. Consequently, they can be targeted by measures to remove the strains from the gut, potentially alleviating and slowing the symptoms of patients with Parkinson's disease, said Saris. This means there is a potential to remove another terrible thing of affected people. And no, I will not say they're close to finding a way to shake this off. Sorry, I, I wow. really read it. A thorough investigation has found that the inner core of the moon is in fact a solid ball Jeez. with a density similar to that of iron. Jeez. This, researchers hope, will help settle a long debate about whether the moon's inner heart is solid or molten. Jeez. Led to a more accurate understanding of the moon's history and by extension that of the solar system. I am Iron Moon! Our results, writes a team led by astronomer Arthur Briard of the French National Center for Scientific Research in France, questioned the evolution of the moon magnetic fields thanks to its demonstration of the existence of the inner core and support a global mantle overturned scenario that brings substantial insights on the timeline of the lunar bombardment in the first billion years of the solar system. Are we sure the iron is not the outer wall of the Nazi base? Gotta be careful. They found that the lunar core is very similar to that of Earth's core with an outer fluid layer and a solid inner core. According to their modeling, the outer core is a radius of about 362 kilometers, 225 miles, and the inner core is a radius about 258 kilometers, 160 miles. That's about 15% of the entire radius of the moon. The inner core, the team found, also has a density of about 7,822 kilograms per cubic meter, which is very, very close to the density of iron. Smoke on the moon's water. 
said the butterfly. We know not long after it formed, the moon had a powerful magnetic field which started to decline about 3.2 billion years ago. Such a magnetic field is generated by motion and convection in the core. So what the lunar core is made of is deeply relevant to how and why that magnetic field disappeared. Given humanity's hope to return to the moon in relatively short order, perhaps we won't have long to wait for some seismic verification of these findings. And if you don't like these findings, well, that's just hard cheese. Oh, and sorry, Wallace. GRD is nice to the Creative <laughs> Commons. Exhibition, not commercial, not delivery works. Nice to have 3.0 license. Check us on Facebook and on Twitter. Stop by the website at geekradiodaily.com. And, um, yeah, um, Jay Radimus, I'm sure you'll get today's Chad and Abby on the first try. We're going to save Syrinx for next week because I can't have... The first two weeks should be somewhat easy. And that's my excuse for you getting it right last week in this way. Oh, there it is. If, if you've got an idea of where they are, I just want to say something about the world and what's going on and what you got at Free Comic Book Day, I'd love to know. It's podcast at geekradiodaily.com or, of course, a voicemail text message. Use the magic numbers of 510-GRG-CROW. And we will see you at a time that is different than this one. Well, we have uh, nothing big and flashy to show you this week. It seems I found myself on the voyage of the damned. I don't know if you noticed, but the podcast was a disaster. Good night, suckers. It's happening! Use the moose! You're the one who turned Sid into a zombie. Oh. So that's it. I'm guessing you guys are all students from the academy, then. Why did you do this? Revenge? A grudge? No, nothing like that. I have a simpler motive. Experimentation and observation. That's all a true scientist cares about. And I am a scientist. Everything in the world is an experimental test subject. Of course, that includes myself as well. Hey, do you feel that, Soul? I think something strange is happening. Huh? Like what? Your soul's wavelengths aren't very stable. What's more, they're quite different from one another. I see one soul that is careless and arrogant, and one that is earnest and strong-willed. They appear to be in resonance, but they aren't. What the hell? You mean you can see the soul of someone who's still alive? In that case, you must be a Meister. He was able to read the character of the souls, too. Only the best Meisters can do that. <laughs> so what? Maka, you can see souls clearly like that, too, right? Oh! Of course I can. Your soul seems confused by that last statement. How cute.